Grace Yadding's the widest. Generation at the 200 metres. Car went for the whip. General Bow sticking. And ingratiating running on Generation. General Bow grabbed by ingratiating from last over the top. A big winner. Welcome to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm back. I'm back. It's uh, it's spring racing, and I'm back. And DK's in studio with me. How are you, mate? Good, Scoot. Good. How's fatherhood treating you? Mate, it's uh, touch wood, touch wood, tapping on the, uh, the yeah, wood yeah, desk yeah. here. Everything's going smoothly. Yeah. So sleeping in three-hour, six-hour blocks at lovely, night, which lovely. is unbelievable. So lovely. got really lucky there. But I uh, had a little bit of an incident uh, yesterday. I got home and... I, uh, I succumbed to a, a push present with Alana, and I bought her a, uh, a nice handbag, and it Lovely. had a, a little insert with it. So it was a couple of thousand dollars, and I'm not really big on all that uh, brand stuff. No, but my missus has been looking at those sort of bags. Uh, They're not cheap, are they? They're bloody... Anyway, but well, you probably one. paid for it with the uh, the DK out <laughs> wide run. So anyway, I've succumbed to this, uh, this, this nappy bag, she calls it. Which I haven't seen a nappy in there, <laughs> but uh, it's got this little like, purse insert, and oh, the pram's another couple of thousand. Oh, you went so, up big on the pram, did oh, you? Oh, mate, the pram as well, but it, it is smooth. I went for my first, the tip. first big push uh, yesterday, yeah. mate. It's smooth. It's like a Rolls Royce. Anyway, I, I'm doing some work from home at the kitchen table because everything. Oh, it's just chaos at my house at the moment. Homeschool a whole whole lot with the older boys. Anyway, I got the uh, the the little purse down the bottom of the pram. It's the fucking Louis Vuitton uh, insert that's just sitting there, and the, I've got the sausage dog. And I'm like, Rachel, the, oh, the he, dog's going to just likes absolutely chew up your dog. He loves it. Oh, <laughs> mate. So I had to. Oh, you see what he did to Juppy? He tried <laughs> to uh, get on his arm and uh, give him a push yeah. start. But uh, I said to Alana, I said, you got to put that uh, that purse another, insert, another, or that dog's going to. Another 600 going to go mate, off. There's, there's, not, there's, no, uh, there's no second purse. But no uh, really lucky at the moment. Uh, baby going well. So big, Lovely, uh, mate, big good. thanks. To you guys, you uh, you got the job done last week. We did, Pretty mate. smooth we show. Did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we got through me and Nico. Yep, yep. So that no, was uh, we got through, which was the main thing. So. Unusual suspects. How's uh, the DK out wide stuff been going on the merry go round yeah, a bit? The up and down in August, which is no surprise this time, this time of month. Yeah, I got yeah. There was um, we had a bit of everything mm. last week or two. I was just I was just having a look when you. Um, I mean, we had had a thing. Had a thing. We had back. Have a look at this. This is there was a race at um, Bedding, which staying made, so I'm not doing much good in them. I'm having to mm. really look at that. There's a thing um, about Diamond Dagger. In the post race, they've gone out 65 lengths slower. No, the 65. Anything can happen there. Anything can happen. 65 lengths slower. The first half of the race. It was the lowest raw number that I've ever seen on a rating ever. Mm. I've had to give it the biggest bonus just to get it within a normal race thing. Yeah, right. It's just so it's just 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 Thank ridiculous. You, just ridiculous. Um, gate crash one there was a horror watch, so that was good. So I did did me ass on Diamond Dagger. Then at the eight hundred meter mark, gate crash is hard ridden last on the fence, mm. two dollars fifty favourite. I thought this is blue. Yeah, this. Anyway, God bless it. It got there and won. Um, had a thing at where well, Wodonga on Saturday, so we got had a few horror oh, watches. Oh, that was I was tuned into that one. Yeah, good one. That was, was my just, first said, big swing out of the hospital. I thought, oh, here we go. I'm going to sink my teeth into Wodonga because you love Wodonga. Yeah, and then and we I, get bloused. But was just cruising the run. So finally, after all these horror watches, all this shit happening, here's one in the one one. P Maloney's just jogging. So when am I going to go for this? Wait, wait, wait. All of a sudden, there's this Indian coming after it mm. and runs past it. First up for the new trainer. Uh, Barrier yeah. eleven round. Wadong was three wide. The trip didn't matter. So it's improved ten links. Anyway, and then um, all right. So we start again Tuesday. Rumble in the jungle gets put over the fence at the 300. Didn't want the coffin, but it ended up in the coffin, went for an inside run, get put over the fence. Oh, this is good. On the chase again. <laughs> so then, so I find this. So uh, anyway, we're just, that's all right. Blokes are saying, here we're going to get out of this mess. I said, all right, race seven, sweet. 
be tipped it on the thing, silk jacket. Yeah. Now, if you're going to open the shoulders, as you know, if you as a professional punter, if you're going to open the shoulders, if you like one and the favourite's got a four kilo apprentice on it, mm. right, which is thing Heidi Gilly was on McConte, they put it up odds on, and Josh Richards, who's the gun in form, yeah, we love gun him. kid, just right, Bella Nipatina, he's on the thing we like, right? So, anyway, um, Isaac comes in, he finishes home schooling, comes in, and so I said, mate, this race here, we really, really need, really need silk jacket. So you've seen me watching races yeah, yeah, on the streams. Yeah. Of that. Oh, I was pacing shit. around, I was in and out, I was looking, where is it in the run? <laughs> anyway, 200 to go, I'm doing lift it, Josh, lift it, Josh, lift it. And it's coming, you watch it. It's coming, coming, coming. And it got there right in the line, but it looked like it got beat. Mr. Bob said, no, yeah. it's got beat, oh no. And then Adam Moses, outside has got the photo. Well, the biggest, huge cheer went up and... Mate, the text messages were going off. Twitter was going off. Isaac's <laughs> running around. I said, mate, what happened? He said, oh, mate, that was a very big result. Mate, it was great because he said, Dad, that was really exciting. I said, mate, it was fantastic. So anyway, it was, we've had a bit of everything. It's great to back a winner no matter what price yeah. they are. But um, thank God that we got a photo. We've got something back. But anyway, we had a bit of everything, Scooty. DK uh, is quoting punningform.com.au there when uh, he's talking about the post-race, the benchmark splits. So make sure you check them out. And uh, I've been a little bit critical of uh, D Oliver and so is uh, Richard Lamming in the past, but uh, Ollie's turned it around. Since the start of August, he's winning at 20% uh, and what 37.5% a place. And he's actually uh, returning 18.3% ROI uh, since the 1st of August. So yeah. Ollie has uh, finally yeah. starting to get the yeah. reward. You can thank you, Scooty. Well, I've got him back into form. You play him into form, but it's just nothing. Lamming might have given him a bit of a shake-up too. So Yeah, that's right. He's copped a spray and he's he's lifted. And Godolphin, which um, they've lifted too. So Mm. that's his his joint. That's the joint he's attached himself to for the spring. Um, they've lifted too. I've noticed their horses are, are, are going well. Of course, in great shape. But even had the thing that thing yesterday, last winter, just just went. They got it back. And when they're running well, fresh like that, you can say they have got their horses going good. There's been a few in the maidens in the country going particularly well. Mm. So, uh, but you know, as I've been saying it, said it for years and years. You want to play. You want to. You want to play a jockey in the fall. Did the reverse, <laughs> I, you know? I used to pot them, and they come. They just haunt me, you know. But you were trying to get him back. I don't know if you were or not, but you, but you did. But I was just noticing s- a quiet patch, and uh, just the way he was riding. And then I thought, it, well, we we thought he was going to turn it around. I don't have a particular problem with with jockeys and trainers having bad strike rates this t- like June July. Mm. You know, Danny O'Brien. Well, apprentices a- usually fire. Around the winter months, they get more opportunities. That's right. Richards is a and prime example. Normally, Ollie probably have a month off mm. and go barley, go surfing or something. Mm. But he's here grinding away, and the stables are producing their rubbish. Yep. Danny O'Brien was one from fifty-three in July. Mm. But you like go back and look through his Julys of the previous years. They're, they're always bad horses. quiet. Yeah, it never gets going till the end of end of August, early September, when he produces like Young Werther. Last few years, seriously, eyes on other horses like that. They all come. If you have a look when they debut, it's end of uh, early September. So, um, Elton Zara's been very quiet, you know. Mm. But then. You know, winner Friday, winner yesterday, you know, warm up. So if they're going to have downtime, same with the jocks. Don't particularly potting them hard if it is in the depths of winter, you know. Mm. Anyway, you can uh, you can see all that stuff at punningform.com.au. It's right in front of your eyes on punningform.com.au. You go to every yeah, meeting, yeah. it gives you the, you know, you can, yeah, it's right there. So it's good. Nico Noonan uh, isn't hiding in the cupboard after ingratiating. It's been a, uh, a funny horse for him ingratiating. They loaded up in the uh, the Blue Diamond stream. And it was uh, it was that charging run in the Blue Diamond. Then it ran third in the uh, Slipper, and then he went the wrong way with uh, the Mar Horse on Saturday. And here comes Ingratiating from last. So he must have a dartboard at home with Ingratiating's uh, photo up on it because it uh, he, he sort of zigs and zags. And 
the horse has definitely got some ability. Uh, Nico will be dialing in. He's, uh, I think he's got a bit of uh, food poisoning or something like that. So, really? no, uh, in his right COVID before. era, no one wants to uh, spread any germs. So he'll uh, he'll join the show after the ad break. But um, it's interesting up in Sydney at the moment. We've got Dan O on the show today to talk uh, through a couple of races at Randwick this Saturday. But they're starting to uh, dodge and duck and weave COVID up there. And mm. uh, in a fortnight's time, uh, they're going to have the San Domenico Stakes Day uh, at Kembla Grange. Root and it's Kimble. caused a little bit of a stir. I think Chris Roots tweeted it uh, a day or two ago. And uh, said that the uh, the San Domenico track was uh, so the San Domenico meeting was going to be moved to Kembla Grange and uh, Kim War, who's a uh, a pretty uh, pretty good trainer, says really are they going to put water on the track? It was concrete, not good for any horse. So it's an interesting one with this. Um, uh a lot of this COVID stuff, they're going to have to move a lot of races around given how heavily infiltrated COVID is throughout New South Wales. And it sort of opens up Pandora's box here. Uh, will, the, does, will the Everest move to somewhere does. like Goulburn or Scone or uh, to get a crowd? It's going to be fascinating to see how they play it. Mm. But the quality of tracks in New South Wales is, you know, we've heard Mark Lambourne and John Walter um, there's a lot of criticism, and you, sometimes you think, well, with all this prize money, you'd think they'd just reinvest it into the tracks and, and get them right. It's a basket case, New South Wales tracks. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. You, compared, no, no, there's no excuse to for it. There's no excuse for it. At least, at least Kemble's had that meeting when, on the weekend. Mm. So They've got an opportunity to fix it. Got an opportunity to get it right. Okay, that wasn't good enough for a Saturday. Mm. Trainers weren't happy. Now we can get it right for that meeting in a couple of weeks. Um, surely, I mean, there's, I mean, that's exactly right. The Saturday meetings have to be people, punters want to bet with confidence on the tracks. Trainers want to run their horses with confidence on the tracks. Um, so it's, it has to get they have to get it right. Uh, yeah, it's one of the it's one of the things. that just there just can't be enough put into it. You know, I think mean, we've great track managers down here. Mm. Um, and but the track managers, I'm not sure if it's the same up in New South Wales where our track managers down here really help their country counterparts. Yep, like they'll send. Um, Kane McCartan or someone, if the Bendigo's got a standalone coming up, they'll send one of the guys, Marty Stein, will yep. go up and give some advice and maybe just help them out. So it's very good down here. They've got a great brotherhood down in Victoria. I'm not sure it's the same up in New South Wales, but um, I'm still I'm happy where things are down here. Be fascinated to see uh, what PBL does and how Racing New South Wales reacts to COVID and see, see how many meetings actually uh, do get transferred, not just in the next couple of weeks, but uh, for the remainder of uh, the I mean, year. It's going to be uh, ducking and, and diving. Exactly. And we've seen it in AFL and NRL. Well, that's um, right. Exactly. be interesting to see how they cope. That is for sure. And uh, the other one that uh, caught my eye is uh, Behemoth versus Bo Rosser. And Bagman was on the right angle or the right uh, winner there with Behemoth and Bo Rosser. But it looked really clear cut. That, uh, Quite exciting be- race. Exciting race. It was fantastic. It was and great. Great soon, for South as, Australia. As soon as you horses. saw the head on, you knew exactly what had happened. And the question I've got that, I, that I'll pose, and there's probably nothing Todd Panel could have gone in there and said to overturn that protest. And a little bit like Hong Kong, I think they need to move to let the stewards make the call because some a lot of the time it's all frivolous and what the jockeys' opinions and trainers are, they rarely they, they shouldn't well, be able to sway that the stewards should be smart enough to understand 
how much interference is being caused. And I'm, I'm saying that maybe we don't need the jockeys and trainers in the room anymore. The stewards need to figure it out for themselves and make the call and everyone needs to live by it like they do in Hong Kong. I just To get Todd Panel or to get Will Clark, and you could see Will's body language. He knew as soon as he was sitting in the room that he they weren't. Had, they, they, don't ask, they didn't ask Will, did they? No, I know, but you could see the look on yeah, Will's there, face I, I, and Blind Freddy could have told well, you when I, they had the head on that it was never going to be uh, anything no, but uphill. The stewards probably would have had a look at it before they all came in. Hmm. Okay, I've seen that now with the jocks got to say, but I don't. What they thirty seconds each or less than a minute each? I, mean, I didn't really. And then you know, we've come from the, but the jockey's waffling on for two or three minutes. Then the trainer having a go. Then the owner gets to say, yeah. "Do you want to say something?" <laughs> like you know, we want to get correct. Well, over. everyone's going to make up a story to suit their I, own I, argument. I, though, I think aren't the they? I think the balance is okay with the jocks having a quick thirty second or forty under a minute spiel each. Give us a quick take on it. Give us your quick take on it. Out you go. We decide. I, I don't mind that. Um, we've got to get correct weight straight away as quick as we can. We've got to get the money back in the punters' pockets, um, but we also got to get the correct decisions made. Um, they might know, you know, they might say something about the horse that maybe the stewards don't know about its behaviours or things like that. But uh, you're, you're right; it's either it's either I think it's jockeys under a minute or no no influence at all. But I didn't I didn't mind that. I thought it was quite quick. It's quite sharp. It was clear cut. Give us your quick piece. They couldn't really say too much. The horse laid out. Blah blah blah. What about the UK? They bet on them. Would you like to bet on them? Oh, back in the day, mate. Back in the day, when I first started in the betting ring, it you know they used to bet on them there. But you know the bookies, mm. the bookies in the ring. Um, that was yeah, they used to go up on them. Um, yeah, it was it was, and then you try to send a bloke down to get the first message out. You could run it back to the bookies <laughs> ring before they officially declared correct weight to, to see uh, to see anything. See but, what was um, going on? It was exciting. Oh, well, it's not my go to bet on them, but um, I mean, it would, it would have been dollar ten or something. Yeah, I think we put up we did a little poll on on Twitter and we said dollar fifteen, and some yeah. other bloke said a dollar eighty. So. There's yeah. a very, very big difference yeah. in opinion of uh, what's out there and yeah, big well, opportunities. I, I think it'd be great to bet on them. Yeah, yeah I wonder if even well, in the UK they do it, so it's it's there. But yeah, we just need to. Uh, it's been just yeah, bigger bet fair to throw up a market or, or the bookies to throw up market, make it a market, make a punters market, be all right. Mm. Mm. Oh, there we have it. So uh, big watch this space in New South Wales with the tracks, and uh, Dan O might be able to uh, shed some light on a couple of issues up there. We'll talk to him about a couple of races. I think it's Wink Stakes. It's Group 1 day up there, so it's starting to hot up. It always goes off a little bit earlier in Sydney. Uh, and then we're going to have a look at uh, a couple of spring horses in focus. We'll uh, we'll hit Dan with uh, a couple of questions about four key horses that uh, are looking to go to uh, Group 1 level racing, and we'll see if he thinks that they can measure up. Nick O'Noonan will join us uh, next. Uh, he's uh, battling that uh, food poisoning or something there, so he's going to jump on the Zoom call. And we're going to have a look at uh, Mackenzie say at the valley make sure you uh, get behind punningform.com to you if you want to take your betting to the next level it was a game changer for me i come across them about maybe five years ago uh, in my time with betfair and i know dk uses it for the uh, post race and to be honest i just can't do the form without it so uh, once you see it and use it it'll be very hard to go back so make sure you check out punningform.com.au up next we'll talk the valley with nico Nune. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK in studio. And as I said, yep. Nico Noonan is a little bit crook, but he joins us online via uh, the uh, the great Zoom technology. How are you, Nico? You're starting to uh, feel better, buddy. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the mend. I think uh, maybe one of DK's pizzas got to me last night. Oh, the night. pizza Just got like you. Like, oh, you know, pizza. He didn't believe me it was a pizza. The pizzas, <laughs> I tell you, I can get you. Nico, there's, there it is. Example two, yep. dodgy prawn, dodgy or, uh, prawn on the on the on the supreme or something was it? 
Mate, I don't know what it was, but it got me good. It was pretty grim viewing last night. So <laughs> hopefully on the men now and uh, find a few winners on Saturday and we should be sweet. Mm, better uh, better uh, some gastro or some food poisoning than the Rona. Oh, that oh, is yeah. for sure. And uh, something that uh, would have made you spew was uh, ingratiating. I tell you what, Nico, you've been on the wrong side of this horse. You spotted it as a horse with a lot of talent. You loaded up. I think you guys backed it to win, what was it, 250 or half a million? I can't remember. It was so long ago in the Blue Diamond. It uh, was a barnstorming run there. It's ended up running third to stay inside in the slipper, and you've opposed it again. It's come from last, and I've put the slows on Ollie for a couple of weeks in a row, and now Ollie's back in town and ingratiating. I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's never really the uh, the A-grade form, the vein stakes. Usually the Sydney Colts are all over them, but uh, a win like that was just absolutely sensational. You, uh, it would have made you sick, Nico. Yeah, it was pretty sick being on Generation uh, when Ollie just steamed down the outside on ingratiating. Um, yeah, him and Animo have sort of been the two good old from Colts that are sort of stars. I suppose Pulele's come into that um, conversation now with his big first up win. So they got a bit of firepower and then, yeah, Ollie looks completely back. The big races are on and he's just uh, fired up. So, uh, yeah, it was a big win by ingratiating. I think probably Pulele might be the pick of the good old from Colts who have resumed. We still haven't seen Animo. I think he might run um, in the run to the Rose or one of those kind of races and mm. head to a guinea. So mm. I don't imagine they'll sort of tackle each other. I think Godolphin will keep him, uh, you know, in different races. But, um, yeah, all three look pretty smart. Mm, we might uh, ask Dano about ingratiating and Perlally. Any news about uh, on course? Is there? Uh, if, is it just the status quo that Racing Victoria haven't come out and given a special exemption to uh, certain industry people, haven't offered another level of accreditation. We're, we're what, are we 19 months into the siege and you'd think that they could just offer um, an extra sort of three or 500 people a pass that need to get the job done and uh, help drive turnover, which is what you do. Anything there, Nico? Something? Nah, cast. Still haven't heard anything. So uh, Crazy. I reckon that's probably going to be the case for the rest of the spring if they open up the crowd. So we'll be at home off the TV doing the yard. Um, we've had a few good days doing it, uh, getting used to it, that's for sure. Most of the horses coming back for the spring um, due to being on course throughout the autumn. I've pretty much seen all of them and I saw them all last spring. So uh, still got pretty good profiles and all of them, pretty good handle. It's just a bit different sort of adapting to the TV. Um, but, yeah, very uh, tough times here uh, trying to do it off the TV. But uh, there's no other alternative, so we're about on. Mm. If trainers like Matt Brown are getting fined 400 for taking their kids to the races... You're none. You're, you're absolutely none. They're no, nowhere near close getting back. So Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, millions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute might, millions. Might try and get uh, Jake Norton to give us a uh, an inside uh, running into what, uh, what they're thinking for the rest of spring. We might try and get Jake on the show next week and uh, get an update there. Uh, the good news is it's Mooney Valley Racing this Saturday, and let's have a look at race three. This is an absolute belter, the uh, the Stuart Murray handicap over 1,200 metres. We've got uh, odds courtesy of Top Spot on the screen now. We've got Corner Pocket opened up favourite here, $2.35. Front page, this horse has got genuine ability, $3.60. Ocular, $5. Yulong Storm, 10 Mystery Shot, 11 uh, Simply Optimistic, 15 Rock Tycoon, 16 and uh, $21. Good old uh, innkeeper. Marvel Jeez, the horse, isn't he? Yeah, iron a horse. Bit triggering uh, speaking about innkeeper. That is Back for to sure. the bulldozer. Yeah, that's uh, how long that horse has been up. Remember one at the bulldozer? <laughs> oh, mate, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we, we're just suckers for punishment. You, you need to be as a punter. Good you training. need to be very, very resilient. I think that's why punters are uh, coping with uh, 
COVID pretty well. Builds resilience. Uh, big time. Yeah, you do. You just got to get up the next day and go again. <laughs> Keep going. We talked about the roller goes merry-go-round earlier. What, what happens on a day-to-day basis? Nick, I'd be all too familiar with that. Yeah, we're used to uh, setbacks, but thank God racing is uh, still going. Let's have a look at uh, the last start win of Corner Pocket a few weeks ago. This was uh, impressive stuff. I remember watching this win and thinking, wow, he, uh, he did a good job here in the uh, the blue with the yellow. Yeah, he's a leader, this horse. I think since the blinker's gone on, he's pretty much unbeaten. Um, he has a lot of ability. Declan Bates has rode him in most of his starts recently. He just puts him right up on speed, and he's usually just too strong for his opposition. Look at him here, just power away from his rivals. Um, this was a day where it was advantage to be on the fence and on speed. This is a while ago now. I think he's going to be around 60 days between runs. But this race could set up pretty similar for him. Um, if Rock Tycoon doesn't cross and lead him, he's drawing Barry number one corner pocket. I think Bates could kick up. Um, he's done it before, sort of over 1,200 metres. That looks like it could be the place to be there in Mooney Vale on Saturday, sort of in lane one and potentially leading. Um, historically, this is a very good day to be on speed and near the rail. It's a tough day to make ground. So given those factors, I thought $2.35 with Top Sport, um, Look, I think you'll probably get better on the day. I think you probably probably get closer to sort of 260, maybe even 270. Uh, hearing some information and watching some uh, news, re front page, it looks like he's just coming over here to try and get a run. Of course, with the COVID situation, with um, the border shut and all those kind of things, uh, it is hard to travel horses at the moment. And Jeff Duray was kind of saying on Racing.com that it's um, been hard to sort of get a run into him. So. He hasn't had a trial. He's first up over 1,200 metres, which um, he has been affected at before. But, gee, it didn't sound too promising. If you look in the back front page um, of what Jeff was saying, he sounds more like a $6 chance than a 360. He just sounds like he's here for a run. Oculus on the backup drops a lot in the weight, but I don't think he has the ability of corner pocket. Like I said, if Bates just kicks him up from one, hopefully he holds out the front and he can be too strong. I think you'll get better than 230, but still happy to play. Mm. Thoughts, Steve? Yeah, no, he's just a winner, isn't he? I mean, that horse was he won six in a row, uh, puts himself on speed. He's a great, he's a horse that we sort of, as punters, pro punters, mm. you just default to straight away, you know? Yeah. Good, strong horse, honest. Back they, to 1200, though, 60 day well, breaks, fresh. okay. He's, so. They're fresh. You don't mind them when they're fresh, freshened up because, mm. you know, um, a bit of freshness back in the legs and, and he'll, he'll be hard to get past, especially if there's a chink in the armour. You, 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 like, front page would want to take a horse like Corner Pocket on, you'd want to be ticking all the boxes, I would have thought. You know, you wouldn't want to have a chink in your armour taken on a horse who's like corner pocket, which it sounds like he might have with the um, what Nick what Nico was saying about the uh, chumming down, trying to get a run into him and the problems he's having. So, yep, no, good default position to find him, but he's was he six in a row that horse, so he's a winner. Mm. Yeah, I like the way he uh, got it done at last start. But uh, little birdie tells me that uh, front page worked enormously oh, yesterday. There you go. Yeah, little I got a little birdie. bit of yeah, I got uh, a couple some... of mates in this horse. Ah, there you go. A couple All of right. mates in this oh, horse. So oh, uh, be very wary. So be what wary. uh oh, there might Mr. be money tells the media and uh, what they really think could be two different things. Yeah, yeah, which is a good way to operate I actually don't mind it. Hey? Do you pull the wool over our eyes? That sort of Well they might be thinking for a price. Didn't tell the whole, I don't want to tell the whole world everything. No. But um, I mean, it is, oh, is it a five to two chance on a Saturday? Exactly. It's not, you're not hiding much. It's not <laughs> like a first start of going to the races. I wouldn't so. be surprised if he, uh, he runs a bottler. Yeah, well, there you go. There you go. Well, there you go. It's the markets, the early market, the markets are a good way of finding him. So there you go. Well, might have a, uh, a side bet there, uh, Nico. Might have to buy, have a bottle of Grey Goose the on betting, that. The betting late will be very interesting there. Yeah, so fascinating. fascinating which way these, what these SP and how close <laughs> they SP now. 
Yeah. Outstanding stuff. Uh, it's always a, not a bad little race here. The Mackenzie Stakes. Let's have a look at uh, the McMahon's Dairy. Mackenzie Stakes over 1,200 metres. Also, Halal, uh, 250 into 235. Jigsaw, horse uh, Nico loves, 235. Uh, Daily Bugle, well-named that one, $12. Frontman, $16. Beldivian, $17. Etheric, uh, uh, $18. He's exceptional, 18 Rock Artist, 19 And Schmeitzer, $21. Yeah, well, you're looking at uh, the maiden winner here, Nico, I believe, Baldivian. Yeah, the well-named Baldivian. I think he's a uh, relation to Maldivian, who, uh, of course, was Kavanaugh's probably banner horse over the last sort of 10, 15 Cox years. Cox blinkers on. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think he's uh, yeah, he's definitely a relation. And reading an article on racing.com that came out this morning, actually, uh, they said there's some similarities there just with the way they're sort of built type-wise and uh, those kinds of things. If we can, let's have a look at his Bendigo maiden win. This was a big win uh, looking colors. at the sort of overall times. And the punning form data, um, five lengths above the class benchmark for this. He ran the best figure of the entire meeting. Um, he hit the line really strong. Last 600, he ran at six and a half lengths above relative to maiden grade. And this could be a very strong race. The first three here over the line were all first starters. I know Price Kent have a little bit of opinion of their horse. Um, obviously, Baldevian, I think he was 31s into fives. Obviously, some deductions along the way there. But there was um, a bit of money for him there. And I thought this was a very good win. That win in that sort of two-year grade, that could be better form than like this city grade form. Um, those Bendigo maidens can tend to be very strong and the overall figure he's put up there would suggest he's going to be very competitive in a race like this. Uh, you have any thoughts there, DK? Hmm, interesting yeah, little I, race. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously this race stood out straight away when you when you get the meeting up in the post-race on, on punting form and, and whatnot. And um, <clears throat> they went a bit too well on the raw stuff. And the only thing, the only caveat was, which was Jules mentioned it the other day on Sectional Stars too, is there's no, <laughs> there was no other, it was the only race out of the shoot for the day. Yep. There was no other shoot race to compare it to. And <clears throat> when we were at IAS and Mark Reeds and we used to do the post race, we'd always treat the shoot races and the different. circle races as different meetings. We'd split them off mm -hmm. and do and do them separately. So it's the only caveat I had on this because they, they ran like, they went out, they didn't go out that quick, but they've run really fast overall time. Yep. And sometimes it can be a bit of a quandary out of the shoot. But... After I looked at it for an hour, I did everything. I'm, I'm pretty convinced it's a strong race. It's a good race. Mm. Um, Big price, $17, this horse. Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I reckon it's got a heap of talent. Um, the margins, I think the margins that race sort of tell you it's a strong race uh, in the sections. So, yeah, look, uh, as I said, there were three first starters hitting the line together, but there was money for all of them. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking they, they can bounce off that race, and I think it's a good find by Nico this horse. Hmm. And what frontman had a lot of uh, a lot of hype about it, and then struggled a little bit when it went up north to uh, Queensland. Jay Carr's on for Freeman Camp. Look, I couldn't really knock him. Um, I thought his trial was very good leading to this prep. Uh, he's a colt. He's a very good type. Seeing him sort of back in the year at Soundown, um, I imagine there's going to be a bit of intent first up with this horse uh, frontman. Looking at the speed map, like Rock Artist is probably a leader. Jigsaw gets the blinkers black on and he's much better suited off at the weights here. He gets sacked to 1,200 metres. This probably looks his race. I marked him favourite. I was sort of at 290, though. The horse I was keen to oppose, although I think he's got a lot of class. This just isn't a race where backmarkers usually win. Going back to sort of 2014, every horse that's won this race has either led or been in the mm. first three. Um, Halal's going to be last. He has trial while leading to this preparation. Um, the closest he's ever sat in run is sort of four lengths to the leader at the 600. If he's given the leader four lengths at the 600 here, um, I just think he's going to be too far back with the way this track could potentially play. 
I was sort of much closer to $5 than $2.30. I think the pattern of the day and the potential race shape just could completely take him out of play. And if he comes out and beats me, he's just too good, but I don't want to be involved anywhere near at that price. I thought Baldivian, um, you could definitely make a case he should be single figures here. I thought the $17 was way overs. Alpharic or the good Alphen horse, yep. um, he trialed very well. He's off the win. James Cummings fresh. Um, they've been pretty deadly recently with their two-year-olds. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran a good race for you. But yeah, Baldivian, probably the main bet. I'd be keen to lay Halal at sort of $2.35 on race day if he's still at that price. And if he comes out and beats me, he's just too good. If he wins this race, he's in for a huge spring. But um, this is going to be a big task for him here. So uh, yeah, laying Halal and probably getting a good result out of Baldivian, maybe something front man and Alfaric as well. Mm. Around Jigsaw as well. I mean, it's pretty short in the market. Jigsaw, is he running out? What do you reckon? I just don't know if he's going to get to a, a price where I want to sort of be on. If I'm laying Halal, he's already going to be a winner for me in the race. Mm. So, um, look, I think he's the horse who'll probably stay firm. He gets the blinkers back on. Um, blinkers on first time in a race. He had the blinkers on in the jump out leading to his last start and absolutely flew. Like he's exceptional yeah. by about eight lengths. Um, he did carry 60 kilos last start. It wasn't nothing really went to plan for him. He got taken on. He was sort of outside lead with one pushing upside next to him. Just wasn't a great race for him, and now he's off much better at the weights. If he's going to win another race as a sort of late season two year old, early three year old, this will probably be it because he's going to have a few third, things um, in his favour. Um, I thought probably closer to three dollars is probably more like his right price. I just don't know if you'll see it. Yeah. Fascinating market watch here. So uh, Nico thinks that the uh, $17 Beldivian won't last and uh, the betting in the final five minutes will be will probably tell the tale of what's going to happen in this race. If you want to uh, check out more of Nico's stuff, make sure you head to the Little Birdie Shop. $11 a meeting. Nico's uh, Manning Yard Mail. He combines what he's seeing in, uh, in the yard, his punting form data, what he sees off the trials, and he can also factor in uh, the betting markets as well. So if uh, if you want his uh, last-minute thoughts, make sure you check that out. It uh, gets sent via the Telegram app, and uh, it's uh, the best thing you buy for $11 per meeting if you want to bet on Wednesdays and Saturdays in the Metro tracks. Uh, Nico, make sure you uh, you get well, mate. Plenty of uh, Lucas aid and get uh, get those fluids back up. Nothing worse than steering the porcelain bus, and I'm uh, I'm sure you should uh, probably turf the rest of that pizza if you you got any left over. Yeah, back on the zingers. Back on the zingers. Back to the Colonel for you. Back to the K fry. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding stuff. Big thanks uh, for steering the ship. You did a great job last week, and uh, good luck at the Valley this weekend. Make sure you get behind Nico. He's uh, starting to see them pretty well. We'll take a quick break, and we'll get uh, Dan O'Sullivan from the Ratings Bureau to talk Sydney Racing next. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. Behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I've got DK in studio, and now it's time to talk to Daniel O'Sullivan from the Ratings Bureau, and uh, Daniel... He used to give me nightmares in my Betstar days, especially around the provincial circuits. He can spot a horse on the rise, and he's an expert in his craft. He's been on the show before, but uh, welcome back. Hey, guys. How are you? Dan. Fantastic, mate. Uh, it's plenty happening up in New South Wales. There's talk about uh, shifting the San Domenico to Kembla. Kim Wars blowing up, saying it was concrete last week. It's all happening up there, and hopefully they can uh, get their spring carnival out of the way and get all the races complete, but it's going to be uh, some topsy-turvy scenes for the next couple of months. But uh, a big uh, point of debate at the moment is all this news about the pattern, and 
New South Wales and Victoria can't get out of their own ways, and I see that uh, Masara is trying to uh, break bread and make sure that everyone gets back on on board. But it's Group 1 Winks uh, Stakes Day this week up at Randwick. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the pattern and the way these group races are all structured and the pop-up races? It's a mess, but uh, what do you think should happen? Oh, look, I mean, this issue's kind of blown up, hasn't it? I've seen the last few weeks a few different people and groups, you know, come out, um, seem somewhat coordinated, talking about the importance of the pattern to Australian racing, which it is, uh, and also uh, how these pop-up races and other things pose a threat to the pattern, they're disrupting it, they show a lack of respect to the pattern and, and things like that. And and I get where they're coming from um, because the pattern is an important part of international racing but look let's be honest i mean the pattern's well and truly broken um so these people you know, want to be the protectors of the pattern they're the very same people that reside over you know more than 150 stakes races for three-year-olds in the last mm. season you know three a week and one a week in victoria there's more than more than i think there's like 55 stakes races for three-year-olds in victoria last season so yeah, i think it's a little bit rich just sort of coming out and picking and choosing the issues you want to battle with the pattern um, the, the Group 1 Wing Stakes is a classic example. I mean, the pattern is meant to uh, reflect a series of races that help to take the horse sort of population through a pattern. That's the definition of it. Um, towards the pinnacle, which is Group 1 Racing, where we can establish a benchmark of racing excellence that exists here and, and is a reference internationally um, for things like breeding to improve the breed for buyers and sellers of horses. Uh, for people to be able to to target horses towards certain levels. And here we've got a race filled with 1,600 to 2,400 metre types, all first up, all short of peak fitness, all going for different targets. How does having that race as a group one um, fit with the traditional intent of of the pattern? I mean, it just doesn't. It's it's ludicrous. So, you know, I think if we're going to address uh those other issues that are being raised and that's fair enough i mean they need to tackle the, the whole thing it, it's not just about pop-up races that threaten and disrupt the, the pattern and show a lack of respect it's a whole range of things so yeah i guess they're, they're sort of my thoughts and it doesn't make any difference to us as punters we'll sort of bet on anything but at heart i'm also <laughs> a, a racing purist um so yeah i would like to see you know, all the different sides get together, try and put the politics out of it and, and perhaps make some changes that can establish a, a foundation to take us forward for the next couple of decades. DK? Yeah, um, just speaking of, speaking of the Wink Stakes being that sort of race and a race like the Everest, which is a grand final, um, which I believe Racing New South Wales are really, really want it to be a Group 1, um, but it's, it's obviously a restricted entry though, so how can it be Group mm. 1 with restricted entry? But I was just thinking of Dan's opinion on that. What do you think of of a restricted entry race being able yeah. to get Group 1 status. I mean, people are treated, would treat it as a Group 1 anyway. Well, because the prize money just prize money is there. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, stock it's a grand final. Yep. You know, and he's saying the Wings Stakes is a warm-up race for four, when they're fourth up down the track. So have you got any opinion on those on those big races getting Group Class there? Oh, look, I think it should. I mean, I understand, uh, say, I think it's the is it the Mooney Valley Race Club sort of protective of the Manicato as a Group 1 race and, and the impact the Avarice has had. And, and there's nothing wrong with people kicking up for, for their own interests. I mean, that's what we all do. Um, but, you know, you can't just say because it's restricted, it shouldn't be a group one. That's my opinion anyway. I mean, the, the Cox Plate is somewhat restricted in terms mm. of the club having having sort of decisions over entrance. Um, and, and in some respect, it's 
the Everest is not really restricted. I mean, the entire horse population is there. It's it's almost like a system of, of supply and demand. There's a supplier of horses. There's there's demand from people that have slots and, and they're choosing the best horses. So in that respect, um, it's almost the perfect system of ensuring a, a top-class race that deserves Group 1 status because it's a free market mm. um, where the people with the demand get to choose from the entire horse population to, to establish effectively who is the who is the best sprinter so um, i think that issue needs to be worked past and understand it's not as simple as just saying well it's a top quality race that should be group one there's a lot of other issues to consider and and protection of other races and the the so-called pattern Um, but surely we've got to be able to get across those get across those bridges well i believe that it's a big sticking point up there then and that they they're saying it the what it being a group one then we'll, Mm. we'll will let other things unfold and take concessions in other areas. Mm. If it gets Group 1 status, we'll concede on other areas with the pattern and things like that. So it's a pretty big something. And very, very, very keen. Yeah, that, Dan. Dan that's part of the problem with the whole system because, uh, you know, there's, there's different things that I've heard of where certain states get, you know, certain races held up so they'll vote for other races to be upgraded or not downgraded and things like that. And so, again, it's just really removed from the original intent of the, the pattern to becoming, you know, a half sort of political... Um, thing. It'll be interesting to see how Johnny Massara goes with all this. So anyway, oh, well, a... since the TVN split, like it's been, uh, I don't think that <laughs> Vic and New South Wales will ever see to eye to eye on on anything. I think we're sort of living in a yeah. fantasy world. But uh, I love that Dan has hit the nail on the head there. Like the All Star Mile, the quality of the, that field Grand recently, final. and the Everest. Like who's to say that the committee of the Melbourne, oh, sorry, the Mooney Valley Race Club, like. That they do play God with airfield. They say yes and no to horses mm. that can go in. So why can't the mm. the fans that uh, vote with their feet and the and guys that stump up two million dollars or one point eight million dollars for every slots like are they they're, they're really well entitled got, to do that? Got the Mooney Valley Cup bumped up to a million dollars. Like you can take concessions. So you you concede on this and we'll yep. bump you. We'll bump this race up to a million and all this. So yeah, there's ways and means of working, but just God de- dealing with all the stakeholders. I'm, I'm rather it's Masara, not me. <laughs> yeah, <it's a> <laughs> <laughs> it uh, makes it sound. It's probably easier finding a winner. <laughs> it would be easily. Let's uh, let's have a look at uh, some horses, some uh, spring horses in focus. And uh, Nico Noonan's given us a little hot list here, and uh, they're all pretty uh, obvious horses or horses that are, are pretty well exposed. But uh, Dan's agree at ratings and uh, all the big Group One target races. So let's hit him with uh, four horses to follow through spring, and he can tell us where their ceilings at based on uh, what they've been doing at their last prep. But Zaki's the first one. Uh, he won three races in a row at the end of the Brisbane Winter Carnival, the Hollandale, the Doomben Cup. Was his barnstorming ten length win, or ten or seven length win, and the Q twenty two. So he uh, he put three really big uh, wins on the board, and he's nom for the Cox Plate. Uh, where would you have him, Zaki, in the uh, the Cox Plate picture, Dan? Yeah, look, he has to be in the mix, doesn't he? I mean, he's a really interesting horse. He obviously he's burst onto the scene. Um, the interest from my perspective this spring is is where does he land in the range of those performances we saw from him last preparation? His, his performance and, and rating out of the Doom and Cup has him potentially as a dominant Group 1 weight for age horse in Australia. Um, about like easily winning the Cox Plate um, and pretty much anything else he, he wants to go in. Um, however, his other two performances that we saw, which were also impressive wins, they're more down at a level that sees him as a, a very competitive group one weight for age horse, capable of, of winning on his day, but also vulnerable to plenty of other 
uh, talent around in, in his distance range at, at weight for age. So, uh, look, I'll, I'll be surprised if he turns out to be as consistently good as we saw in the Durban Cup. Um, I would sort of pitch him perhaps more back towards those other performances uh, while still capable of, of producing that that big spike on, on any given day. So he's certainly going to be right in the mix. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see yeah, just where he lands between that range of just being competitive to, towards you know anything up to, to being dominant. The other horse we're going to have a look at is Incentivise, Queenslander. Now gone to the Peter Moody yard. He was uh, ultra impressive in the Taps Cup after uh, a big win at Ipswich in the benchmark 78, and he can put a gap on his field. He looks like a stay. He's more targeted to the Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup style of races. Handicapper, Dan? Yeah, I think he's the perfect horse for, for these big handicap races in the spring. He, he's showing the talent of a of a weight for age quality horse, but his official rating still has him well down in the handicaps. So um, I might have tons of ratings that he was running in Queensland uh, down in the weights in a Caulfield Cup. He'll just win. Um, it's as simple as that. Um, when you've got a horse running, you know, up towards a Group 1 weight for age quality performance and you're getting in a Caulfield Cup with 53 kilos or whatever it is, and you win virtually most years. Um, there's obviously a, a big gap between saying what he did in Queensland and him actually doing it in the spring. Mm. Um, but I think that's the horse, that, the type of potential that, that he's at. So I'm really excited and, and he's sort of perhaps the horse I'm, I'm most looking forward to seeing this spring. Peter Moody's the right camp for him, DK. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, is, yeah, and uh, down packing them down there. So no, uh, and the beauty, I mean, beauty of this carnival probably from a punting perspective is that there's but always the caveats depending on what internationals, internationals and grass internationals turn up. Well, there's going to be very few of them this year, so we're sort of more focusing on the local form, which is always a bit easier for the punters. All right, the next uh, one I'm going to have a look at is Paul Lelly. I hope I've uh, pronounced that right. Rosebud and kindergarten winner. We're going to have a look at its last 400 here in the Godolphin colours, just uh, storming home with J-Mac in the saddle. Thoughts uh, yeah, here, uh, Dan? This was an enorm- yeah, this was an enormous win. Uh, gave way, way to all these horses. You can see on the replay there, just put them away in the twinkling of an eye, and, and that's... Typically, the sign of a top-class horse, that that superior acceleration. Um, he did it with weight. Uh, he ran time. He ran sectionals. Uh, there's a very strong correlation, uh, at least going back in my system, to, to horses that run the measures, uh, early three-year-olds that run the measures on the clock that he did for them, proving themselves to, to be top-class. Um, every season, we see... Uh, top-class three-year-olds emerged that perhaps weren't at the top of the tables as two-year-olds. They, they were still good, but just a, a level off that, and, and he looks one of those. So I think really anything he aims towards is, is a realistic target for him. Uh, I saw James coming interestingly mentioned that he might be kept to, to the sprinting trip uh, this spring, which which implies that he may miss the Golden Rose and, and perhaps be specifically aimed at, at a race like the Coolmore, um, even mm. though the, the program and the pattern gives him an option to to target both so yeah it's going to be interesting what way godolphin go with him um the, the sprinting path he potentially you know may develop into the everest horse who knows but uh yeah he could, couldn't have been more impressive first up and and he's fired a big shot in, in terms of the battle of the three-year-olds this spring already geez love the way he got into his work there late dk yeah he did yeah no and they've got a good arsenal they have a good arsenal of uh, three-year-olds uh, godolphin they're, they're um from what i've seen in the last couple of weeks so mm. and now uh, there's another one 
Ingratiating is the next horse we'll talk about. Uh, race last Saturday in the Vane Stakes, and uh, traditionally uh, the Melbourne form doesn't stack up, but this horse was thereabouts in the Blue Diamond and the Slipper. What were your thoughts uh, past uh, or from last uh, Saturday's uh, Ingratiating when it was a, uh, a big win from from back back last? Yeah, I must admit at the six hundred, I, I sort of thought he might uh, he might battle to to pick him up um, because they they didn't go terribly hard, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, a few hundred metres after that, you could see he had the race one. He was fairly soft on the line. Again, probably couldn't have done any more in the circumstances. Uh, on my figures, that was actually a new peak for him, which to, for early three-year-olds coming back, I always think that's an extremely promising sign for their for their prospects for that campaign. Um, as we know, that's the biggest challenge for those two-year-olds is how they come back as three, and he's well and truly ticked that box. Um, so again, yeah, races like the Coolmore, I assume he'll be he'll be aimed at a, a well and truly uh, on his agenda. I think. Just just watching that again, he did that on his ear, didn't he? Like Ollie was being yeah. really kind to him. Yeah. Like even it was still hands and heels till he joined the leaders at the hundred. Mm. Give him a little flick at about the seventy five, and then soft on the line. Like that was a terrific first up. That's what you want to see when you see yeah. a horse first up. That's that's yeah. yeah again. That's why. De- yeah, yeah. I was going to say again, it's just that turn of foot. I mean, you know, people. You know, still, you know, getting into this game and getting into their craft, that's one thing to always look out for. When you see horses show acceleration, um, you know, relative to the horses around them, then it's usually the sign of well above average talent, even if they're, you know, in this case, we know that was a good race, but when you're looking for up-and-coming horses, it's a key thing to to look for, and, and he certainly showed it in there. So it looks like uh, he didn't have the blinkers on there either, which he, I think his three best ratings last prep as a two-year-old were in blinkers. Um, so they've still got that... Uh, that ace up their sleeve as well for the spring. Hmm. They, went a lot better. They, they went a lot better than the Phillies too, didn't they, Dan? The Colts there? Yeah, the, the Phillies race was pretty ordinary. Um, and we all know that over the decades, I mean, the comparison of divisions on the day is a really good measuring stick for, for how the form tends to tends to stack up. Um, of course, it doesn't have a 100% record, but um, it's pretty close to it. And, yeah, those Phillies were, were sort of well below. So that's a bit of a red flag to me. Um, at least for, for those fillies going forward to, to the much bigger races. Um, but again, most of them were first up, so you don't be too harsh first up. Um, but yeah, unless some of them you know really start to do something um, notable second up, um, then they'll probably be yeah sort of in, in the bin for me as far as the, the real big feature races go. Mm. Outstanding analysis, uh, as always. So there's a couple of uh, star horses to follow there, Zaki, uh, incentivize, ingratiating, and Palelli. So all uh, got big, big springs in store. So hopefully they can find the right races. Uh, let's uh, let's try and find a winner this Saturday. Importantly, let's try and build a bank so we can load up on those later in spring. And uh, Randwick this weekend, the Show County is always a good little race. 1,200-metre event here in Prime Stars, the one they've knocked off early, 8 into $5, Private Eye $5.00. Chat six fifty, Splintex six fifty, uh, nine fifty, Embracer Rock nine fifty, uh, Halal. It's a dual uh, nominator here. Twelve dollars also in the Mackenzie down at uh, Mooney Valley. Ice Bar thirteen dollars, Viridine thirteen, Hightail seventeen, twenty one Fender and Lalude is thirty one dollars. Uh, thoughts here, maybe on the uh, the horse that they have back, Prime Star Dan, and how would uh, you tackle this race from a betting perspective? Yeah, I mean, it's a really difficult race, as most of the races on, on Saturday um, are a lot of first-up horses, a lot of big competitive fields. Um, yeah, there, there's a few sort of little words around um, that I've heard of, call it mile, whatever you will, that Prime Star's going pretty well and, and the camp's keen on his preparation. Uh, so it's no surprise to, to see him have some support there. Um, look, the horse, I, I 
horse I like in the race is Splintex first up. As you know, I'm a, I'm a map man. I'm pace guy. They're the horses that I, I tend to look for first. Um, and I just like him here resuming uh, first up over the 1,200, a distance that suits him perfectly. Uh, he's trialled well. Uh, and I think the map sort of works out pretty kindly for him in this race. So um, he's probably one of the one of the few horses that I think has got a genuine chance that, that actually looks advantaged by the map. Um, some of the others... You know, going to be back in the ruck and, and needing luck and, and needing the pace and, and other things to sort of fall in their way. So if you want to have a bet in the race, yeah, I think Splintex uh, top score at six six fifty somewhere around that mark, I think is a pretty decent, uh, pretty decent price for an on pace horse. Uh, good stable, Mark Newnham stable, very underrated. Uh, Josh Parr is uh, an extremely underrated rider, especially on front runners. Uh, so we've got a horse with the talent with potential malovers and, and those other things that are also positive. So. In a very difficult race, so I think he's the the horse I'll be most interested in. Mm, he uh, he did a really good job in the Doom at ten thousand. He's only beaten I think one or two lengths, so he was in the mix there. So that Group One form should uh, hold him in really good stead here. I was surprised. Yeah, six fifty looks a backable price for mine, and uh, maybe just come to the end of his tether and just sort of bottomed out in that last start up in Queensland. So definitely uh, looks uh, really, really well suited here. Fresh, that is for sure. All right, let's have a look at uh, race eight, the Group One on the card. Asterix there, but uh, maybe sh- maybe should be a group uh, two, but uh, very elegant is the favourite here. Uh, $2.90, Colding $5, Moanga, a uh, horse that gives me nightmares, $8.50, think it over $8.50, Cascadian $12, Dreamforce $15, Hungry Hearts $16, Imaging $17, and you can get uh, $26 about Star of the Season, another one that uh, has gone close for me at massive odds on occasion, Mount Popper 31 and better the rest, uh, well, it's a, yeah, it's a quality little field. Uh, I do take your point with uh, some of these looking better suited over the uh, 2,000 metres or beyond uh, 1,600. Uh, Cascadian is the one that you like here, Dan. Yeah, I think he's value in the race. What is he, $10, something like that? I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. that's enormous value. Um, he's a horse that I feel he went to a new level last preparation. He had, just looking here to refresh my memory, sort of four runs. Um, he ran his, his two peak performances for his last two runs when he won the the um, Doncaster and then he was narrowly beaten by Colding, like 0.3 in, in the All-Age. He was a little bit unlucky, held up there and could have potentially won that race. Um, he So I think he's, he's a better horse now. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he's well suited in this distance range. Uh, Hugh Bowman riding, it's a very, that's a real strong indicator for Godolphin first up if, if they're booking a rider like Hugh or James McDonald or something like that. Um, he's got all the form references around him. I mentioned there, Colding, who's half his price in the market. Um, he mm. potentially should have beaten Colding in the in the uh, all-age stakes. And he, he's, as I said, got Bowman on there from a soft draw and, and he's double-figure odds in the market. Oh, I think that's a great gamble in a race that's, you know, really impossible to have any confidence in. I mean, we're all kind of guessing. Um, but, yeah, I think, to me, he stands out as, as the horse worth gambling on at the odds. Um, I think very elegant looks the, the risk in the race to me at $2.90. I'll be surprised if if anyone wants to back her at, at that price. Um, just looking at some of my notes here, I and mean, she's only won one of her last four first up. Um, three of those last four were on soft tracks, which we know suit her a little bit more than dry tracks. So I wouldn't call her a wet tracker, but she does prefer a bit of sitting out of the ground. Uh, she's won from three first up over 1,400 on, on soft tracks. Uh, and here she's going to strike a, a genuine good track 
um, over 1,400, which is short of the best. She's not going to be in peak condition. Uh, and she's striking a, a really, really deep race. So mm. uh, the last time we saw her at 1,400 first up on good ground, she was beaten nearly four lengths um, without any obvious excuse. Um, so it doesn't mean she can't win. We know she's you know, bordering on, on being a champion. She's an extremely good mare and, and definitely has the talent to win. But yeah, two dollars eighty. I just don't sort of see anything there. I think she's a good risk at that price. And and as I said, I'll be surprised if if any serious money wants to step in to back her at that price. I couldn't agree more. Just put the mouth guard in and lay very elegant. And I think uh, I think Cascadian's a good little angle. I love the way he like from the Doncaster fifty three kilos. Then he backed it up uh, two well, we'll weeks later look, in the All Age. We'll just watch that All Age then. And well, the, it was an amazing is, effort. Should have beaten Colding home. So dropping arguably. back in trip, beautiful. Yep. Yep. And up in weight. And the camps horses are all going well, like going well fresh too. So, yep. Mm, deep little race, but uh, I love uh, I love what you're thinking, love your angle, and I uh, think uh, you're all right. over it. Dan, oh, a fantastic uh, effort uh, jumping on board, and uh, hopefully we can uh, annoy you a little bit later on in the spring. Oh, there's a bit of a call for uh, you guys to take on another operation in a, uh, a stream, so if we can uh, line you guys all up in uh, COVID isolation, we get it done. I wouldn't mind a... Uh, Rating bureau versus another camp, and uh, just battle it out with maybe a fifty or a hundred thousand dollar bank, and see who wins at the end of the day. Maybe Everest Day or something like. That. See that'd go. be, uh, yeah, that'd be very entertaining. Would be, yeah, no, it's hard to beat. So very yeah. versatile. Uh, the boys up there, they could, uh, they could take their form to any track. So make sure you check out the rating bureau. Dan uh, is a very shrewd operator, and uh, if you're not convinced of uh, what you've just heard in this segment, you'll never be. But uh, thanks for your time, Dan, and a big shout out. Uh, fantastic work, what you've done with uh, the family over in Fiji, uh, little bird. He's uh, oh, big on, big on uh, trying to raise money for people that are doing it a bit tough or some different charity work. Dan's done a fantastic effort and uh, basically rebuilt the house uh, with the, uh, the help of some of his followers uh, for a, a family over in Fiji that uh, had uh, their lives sort of turned upside down and decimated from a natural disaster. So a uh, big shout out from us and a big thanks for uh, jumping on the show and uh, good luck th- throughout the spring. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Keep attacking. Yeah, keep on betting. All right, it's, uh, it's definitely getting us through COVID. So some tough times up in New South Wales. Hopefully they can uh, get their carnival off and going and hopefully uh, Johnny Masara can work out the pattern uh, drama. It's going to be a uh, fascinating space to watch. Maybe they're just arguing and fighting amongst themselves. Let's have a look at the top sport big bets early and you can tell it's spring because the uh, stakes have uh, gone up here. And uh, the first big bet, it's not mine, but uh, I wouldn't mind it. $1,000 on Moanga at nine. So that's race eight, number 11. You know, we well, we were well yeah, know Moanga well. well first up, but obviously it's yeah, going well. Big chance. Someone, yep, Definitely uh, in the mix there. When uh, we're suggesting very elegant is under the odds. Uh, Mooneyville race one, number nine, uh, Zuzarella, 1000 at 550 It was off the grouse trial, I think, didn't it? Mm. Trial like a bomb. So, yep, can see why someone's liked it. Mooney Valley Race 5, number 12, is Red Santa, 1,000 at 6.50. Very solid. Kieran Maher, uh, in good form. Mm. Yep. And the other one uh, out wide is Eagle Farm Race 8, number 11, so clever, 2,000 at 2.70. I didn't see how they did last week, but I'd, I've been noticing those early, being pretty rock solid, those Brisbane, whoever's betting those Brisbane early market bets with them are shooting pretty straight, Scoot. Yes, and uh, last week from the uh, the big bets, or the early bets, was Sierra Sue. Oh, that was, was too, Sierra yeah. Sue. yeah was Trained Sierra by... Trent Bazustin, my man. Yes. Got on Trent, so anyway. But, uh, that's it. What was it? What price was it? Uh, $8, $10, $10. $10. Home you go. How'd they go yesterday? <laughs> How did Pecunius go yesterday? How'd Zarel go yesterday? Both, <laughs> both favourites. Anyway, but that's my size thing. 
They win at ten to one and twenty to one, but hard hard to win backing his things right in the market. <laughs> but no, he's I as I said, I'd, I'd love to have a drink with him. I reckon it'd be good fun to have a drink with. He seems like a, a pretty good fella, but he just he's a bit of the bane of my punting. That's all. <laughs> Oh, I just love pushing your buttons. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. All right, hopefully uh, we've found a winner or two on the Mooney Valley or Sydney card and the spring uh, preview. Some look at those uh, big horses, the, the flashy ones in the big group ones. Getting, uh, back, ten- getting back on some dry tracks is the Mate, key now, Scooty. Beautiful. Yeah, getting back on dry, tra- dry and, ground, top of the ground. And the Totsall big bets, make sure uh, yeah, there's a little bit of a pattern with that. Uh, whoever's um, pushing around the, uh, the Brisbane markets early, uh, white hot. So uh, if the money comes for those horses or continues to stay firm in the market, they're the best ways to go. All right, that's a, uh, a wrap from us. Make sure you check out puntingform.com.au uh, if you want to enhance your form analysis. And Top Sport is the best place to bet. Book, bet with the bookmaking you trust. There's no funny business there. They take you on. They uh, they open the shoulders and allow you to get set for a good amount. Uh, check us out on Spotify or the Apple Store if you just want to listen to us on the move. But uh, you get all the replays and uh, you get to see me and DK if you uh, check out the YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out. The free tip page uh, is also available on littlebirdiepod.com so you can check out the summary of all the tips from not only the racing show but from our sports stuff. And uh, the boys on the sports show think that uh, Hawthorne are a one-goer in uh, in the footy this week. Clarko's against, last game. Clarko's last game. So make sure uh, you have a little oh, nibble Richmond on that as absolutely well. Absolutely limping to the line the yeah, time. Got no so. players left. So uh, that could be a little uh, bank booster also. It's rally mile day at Hawkesbury today. So hopefully you can find a winner today and over the weekend. And we'll be back next week. Hopefully Nico uh, is back feeling 100%. But uh, see you next week. Hey, hey.